Welcome to episode 108 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am really glad that you have chosen to spend this time with me. Whether this is your first or your 108th episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. I was walking my dog this morning and reflecting on an email that I received recently that talked about crushing the competition. It reminded me of how certain language that entrepreneurs use just doesn't resonate with me. And if you've read my book, you probably pick up on some of that. It's it's crushing the competition, uh, go big or go home, get out of your comfort zone. Uh, there's no such thing as failure. And much of that language is meant to be motivational, but I often find it has the opposite effect. So if you go to that crush your competition statement, I want to respond with, no, I embrace my competition. They keep me on my toes. They keep the conversation fresh and moving forward. And they bring things to market that I can't or don't want to. And I hope that they view me the same way. And messages like crush the competition are fear-based. They're saying, There's not room for both of us in this town, so somebody's got to go. I have to destroy you in order to succeed. And that's pure scarcity thinking. And it puts the focus on the competition or the external issues instead of on you and your strengths, which is the inner game. Not only does it shift your focus, but it clutters your mind. It braces you for battle and your thoughts go into survival mode, which also tends to be fear-based. Talking about how to break that self-talk cycle requires more time than we have here. So instead, I'm going to use this introduction to showcase the theme of this podcast, which is decluttering so that you have more energy. Since we introverts tend to live in our heads quite a bit, don't we want to make sure that we're keeping things upstairs nice and tidy? I invite you to join with me now in breathing in and out slowly, breathing in a positive intention and breathing out any tension or fear. We're going to be taking five deep breaths together. To begin, I breathe in peace and I breathe out anxiety. I breathe in focus and breathe out distraction. I breathe in curiosity and breathe out attachment. I breathe in trust and I breathe out doubt. I breathe in love and I breathe out fear. It's funny as I'm doing this, my dog is right here at my feet and she's deeply sleeping and breathing in and out in such a relaxed way. And it's something I'd like to copy. So, you know, think about an animal at rest, you when you're in your deepest sleep, and how can you bring some of that peace as you are breathing in something that's positive and motivational and breathing out anything that is cluttering and getting in your way. I'll include that breathing exercise in the episode show notes so you can revisit it and try it when you are feeling a need to get more grounded or focused. And of course, you can substitute your own breathing in and breathing out words. Make them match what's going on in your world. The more they resonate with you, the more freedom you're going to feel. Let's shift gears to my interview with Allison. 
Since professional organizer and speaker Alison Kiro started organizing in 2004, she's searched for ways to make life easier. One of her favorite ways is to use self-love as her decision-making tool so that she can easily determine what she likes, uses, and needs in her life. Allison first started with physical clutter, but soon realized that she could transfer those same simple techniques into all of her life's decisions. Whether it's who to spend time with, which activities to do, or what objects to bring home, Allison has found her life improving because of her self-love decision-making, including having increased energy, productivity, and overall contentment. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm looking forward to talking with you, I think, because I think after this, I'm going to have to take some action on um, organizing. Hi, Beth. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And, you know, I think don't get scared about organizing. (laughs) If you put it in the right perspective, it's actually really fun. Okay, good. I'm I'm trusting by the end that I will see it as fun. Yeah. (laughs) So what's making you smile today? Oh, God, I woke up and I had energy and I felt really happy. And, you know, I don't need much in my life, but I I like having energy and feeling good about myself. And so when I wake up and have those two things, it's a great day. Yeah, sounds golden. (laughs) Yeah. Well, where do you fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? And how has that awareness influenced you as an entrepreneur? I'm definitely an introvert, but I think I lean more towards the middle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've realized, um, especially recently, that I'm a very, very sensitive person and I pick up on other people's stuff really, really easily. And I'm an organizer and I used to go into other people's homes and it would exhaust me because of all that energy. And so when I started realizing that I was sensitive and an introvert, I finally learned the right skills that I could use so that I could help everybody to the maximum amount without giving too much of myself away. And so I learned the skills to really stand on my own two feet and not feel as drained as I used to be, but also know what I could do and what I couldn't do based on who I am as a sensitive introvert. And that helped me build a better business and build a better life too. So with regard to that, I I have a feeling this is going to come up as we talk, but just to piggyback on what you just said, What's one of the things that you did or changed that enabled you to be able to go into those spaces and not have it sap all of your energy? Well, I stopped going into those spaces. What I do now is I do phone or Skype consultations, and that way I can still read you, but you're not being influenced by me and I'm not being influenced by you so that people would go and go, what do you think I should keep? I don't care. This is your home. I want you to make decisions based on what you want because that's the skill I'm trying to teach you. And so when I'm not in that space, I feel I can do a better job and they can gain more out of the conversation. So that's really why I love doing that. But then also I realize probably about 80% of the thoughts that come into my head are not mine. (laughs) And so what I learned was when I'm sitting there having a happy day and then all of a sudden something cranky comes into my head, I go, wait, is this thought mine? And if I feel lighter, it's not. So I return it to sender and I just return all that negativity so that I can remain in a happier, positive space of who I am without taking on other people's negative energy. And it doesn't, I can be in my own home and still gather that energy because of my sensitivity. And so I really made sure that I'm just keeping my thoughts and letting everybody else's go. And it's been a huge tool 
in ensuring that um, I really can just go throughout my day and feel much more powerful. Yeah, I love that return to sender. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine <laughs> putting a stamp on the thought and just shoving it out. So it's wonderful. It. It's yeah, it's just it's it's such a powerful tool to be able to use. And you realize very quickly that the more you do it that, oh, so many of your thoughts really aren't yours. And you start feeling better and happier and more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to start um, before we jump into talking about the organizing and dealing with all of that stuff. Um, I want to talk about your first business because you wrote a book called How to Fail in Business, which I love that title. And based on that title, I'm guessing there's a story there. So what failed and what did you learn from it? Well, my first business was called Gotham Concierge, and part of the reason that failed was half of my business was based on something I was good at but didn't enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So there was no way that somebody else wasn't going to pick up on that, right? Because right. your people, other people are sensitive too. And why do I want to spend my time or energy doing things that I don't enjoy? Um, the other thing was that I was making a lot of decisions based on fear. Oh my God, if I don't put money into advertising, I'm not going to get any clients. And so sometimes I would end up choosing the wrong kind of advertising and spending a lot of money on something that wasn't working. I also wasn't, um, really making a lot of good decisions. A lot of times I just wasn't making any decisions. And so when you don't make a decision, you give away your power and something gets decided for you. And so all of a sudden your life is going maybe in a different way that you never wanted it to before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing that I really learned was that I needed to put myself first and make myself a priority and build upon that so that I could then um, really make decisions that made sense for who I was and where I wanted to go. And when you start making smarter decisions, that's when the success starts following. Yeah. So how did you make the move from Gotham Concierge to ACK organizing? Well, there was a couple of years in between where I started another business. And um, so I also learned again from that that business what wasn't working and what really was working. And when I moved back to New York a couple of years ago, a friend of mine hired me to organize. And I just realized I love this. I'm good at it. I enjoy it. I love the fact that I'm changing people's lives in a good way and that they can learn a new skill from it. And it really just made me happy and excited. And so what I did was I took all the things that made me happy and excited and gave me energy. And I kept with those while letting go of all the things that were really sucking down my energy. And and that made a huge difference too. Mm-hmm. Nice. It almost sounds like you might have had something of an aha moment where you were like, oh, wait a minute. This is yeah. this is me. This is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, I want to, now I want to di- dive into that, like where you are today and where many of us are. Um, you know, most of us, including me, know that clutter and having too much stuff in our physical space is draining on just about every level that you can imagine. And yet we fail to do anything about it. So what's going on there? What gets in our way? Mental and emotional blocks. A lot of times it's lack of motivation, Mm -hmm. um, lack of worthiness. You just don't feel like you are worth having a nice place to be in, or you've got trauma that you've been handed um, and it's really stuck inside of you 
and it is now manifesting into um, physical clutter. And a lot of times that's usually what a hoarder is dealing with is they've got so much trauma trapped into their body mm -hmm. that it has now manifested itself into an uncontrollable problem. But most of us, if you know, if you're just struggling with a little bit of clutter, a lot of times it's probably unworthiness and um, lack of motivation. Yeah, I find that I'm actually, in some ways, I'm like too emotionally attached to some of the things to get rid of them. Like my, my music books from college, my husband keeps saying, you need to get rid of those. Have you haven't looked at them in 20 years. But yet, oh, I can't. <laughs> so yeah. what, what do I do with something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, that, and that's part of the problem is we do attach emotional memories to physical items. But I mean, do you need those to think of those great days in college? Or do you only think of them when you look at them? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the thing is we keep holding on to it thinking, oh, that that's the memory right there in that physical object. But it's not. It's in your head. And so one thing you could do is um, maybe pull out a picture of yourself in college with those albums mm -hmm. or take a photograph of the albums before you let them go. Or if you are just not ready, that's OK, too. I mean, it's, I never want somebody else to feel pressured to let go of something when they're not emotionally ready mm -hmm. because they think that's really damaging and if you still need something in your life then give yourself a break and keep it until you're ready to let it go but if it's also you know emotionally draining like a lot of people keep things because of fear shame or guilt and if you're keeping something for those reasons it's not a healthy reason but if, if it's a happy memory attached to it you know, either let it go when you're ready or take a picture or do something else that, or maybe just, you know, listen to them one more time and then let them go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, give yourself that process. I think that helps. Yeah. And I appreciate you pointing out that, like, make sure that it's your decision, that it's not, you know, somebody else's decision for you. <laughs> yeah. You're doing it on your own terms. Yeah, you have to, especially if it's your stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you see as the energetic connection between introverts and their environment, whether that's at home or the office? Well, everything is energy. That's proven by science. And so if you in your home have a lot of stuff that you don't like, that you don't even know you own, that you don't want, that's all energy of not liking, not wanting. You know, that's that's just clutter just sitting there. If you're keeping things because of guilt or shame, that's guilt and shame sitting in your home <laughs> that you walk into. Um, you know, if you're in an office where the energy is, you know, really stressful and unhappy and, and, and really not a fun environment, that's going to, especially for an introvert, it's going to wear you down. All of that is an energy sucker. And you're not going to be at your best if you end up in an environment that drags you down, that you find is too chaotic, too noisy, um, you know, just where the light and the joy and the love and the peace is not showing up you're not going to thrive half as well as you could if you went towards that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Only surrounding yourself with things that bring you joy and love yes. is probably something that is very nourishing and energizing. It is. Yeah. And it's life changing because if you, I mean, think about it. Think of waking up every day and, you know, you open your window and you see the beach and think about how you would feel. And then think about if you woke up every day and you opened up your, your bedroom and you were in a jail. I mean, mm -hmm. because that's what you're doing to yourself 
pretty much when you've got a boatload of unwanted clutter sitting in your home or your office, even if it's, you know, the people who are the clutter, um, <laughs> it, it drains on you and you're looking at depressing things. It takes a toll on you when you just are looking at what you love. Oh, it just, it opens everything up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm sitting here looking in my office and I'm thinking, do I love everything that my eyes set sight on? And I can't say that I do. Like there's a printer that's been sitting here that hasn't worked for like two months. And it's such a big monster. I don't know what to do with it. But by golly, I need to get it out of here. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the internet is great for. You just Google, what do I do with this? And, exactly. you know, probably take it to a Best Buy and they'll recycle it if you can't get it fixed. Exactly. So, but once you take that action, all of a sudden you've gotten out of stagnation and you're free and you've gotten rid of that. That's just junk right now until mm -hmm. it either gets fixed or out. I mean, what do you want junk in your office for? You know, and then it's the guilt too, the, the psychological, I should do something with this. Yes. I need to do something with it. And every time you walk in, even if you want to focus on something else, you still get that subconscious. Oh, I need to do something with this. Yeah. It's clutter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think today I'm going to do something with it. <laughs> right, yay, see? Yeah. And you'll feel so much better once you do it. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's the wonderful thing. You know, when you take dieting, say one day you're really, really good and you stick to your diet. Do you think that the next day you're going to go from a size 10 to an 8? No, but when you get when you organize and you get rid of all that clutter, literally the next day you're like a size 6. You're mm -hmm. feeling great. You know, there's there's an you know, a, an immediate difference in your life. And that's what I think is so great about organizing. You see those results really quickly. Yeah. Again, when I think of introverts, I think of, you know, often our minds can have so much going on. You know, there's so much, it's, some of it is, you know, totally needs to be there and brings us joy and peace, but some of it is absolutely clutter. And yeah. if, if our surroundings are also reflective of that clutter, it's like we've got a double whammy going on. Definitely. Um, and and yeah. what I, from what I understand, often you unclutter your space, you unclutter your mind as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the th great thing is too, is that you can take that same process for uncluttering your space to unclutter your mind as well and, and the rest of your life. So mm -hmm. it's a process that just keeps working and you can redo over and over and over again for every aspect in your life. And it's really about learning how to make decisions that you just make and then you don't second guess yourself on it. And so that in itself is very freeing as well. Yeah. So in that spirit, um, what are some simple steps that we can take to start to take control of our space and what's in it? Okay, so some of the things we can do, and I'll start with the physical stuff. So say you've picked a category of clothing, right? That's one category that you pick. And so you're going to gather all of your clothing, but then you're going to subcategorize. So you're going to take your sweaters and put them in one pile, your pants in another, your shirts in another, your shoes in another. And then if you can, within those subcategories, subcategorize again. So maybe you've got sweater vests in one pile versus, you know, bigger sweaters in another pile until, you know, you've got it so that it's manageable. And then you take one item at a time and you pick it up and you look at it and you go, do I like this, need this, use this? And I want you to to really take this time to be quiet so that you can get an accurate first thought in your head. In other words, if you pick up something and your first thought is, oh God, I don't want to wear that again, but then you immediately push it to the back of your brain and your ego takes over and goes, no, no, see you bought that only a couple of years ago and it was kind of expensive and there's nothing wrong with it, so you should keep it. 
No, Mm -hmm. you should go with your first instinct, which is, I don't like it anymore. None of that other stuff matters. Who Mm -hmm. cares if you spent money on it? Who cares if it's in still good condition? The point is, you've changed, you don't like it anymore. And that's who you are now, and that's what you're trying to get to the bottom of. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, keep everything simple. Keep your system simple. So I go, I walk in my front door, what am I shedding right now? My coat, my boots, my purse, and my keys. I have spots for every single of the one of those items so that I know where it goes every time and I don't have to think about it and when I want to leave I don't have to find them again and so <laughs> I've made it so that I don't have to think about silly stuff that really isn't important until you can't find it mm-hmm. the other thing is keep similar things together so keep your pens with your pencil so that when you go to find something you don't often look for you can go oh well that's with that because I keep those things together And then the last thing is, does this work in my life right now? And really being honest with yourself and going with your first thought because that decision is the right one. The ones that come later where you talk yourself out of what you really truly wanted, those are the ones that mess you up. But if you go immediately and say, that's not working for me anymore, and I don't care about what the reason is, it just isn't, and you let it go, it's very, very freeing, and it can change your whole life. Mm Mm-hmm. What about that? Oh, but I might wear it someday. Yeah, but that was your second <laughs> thought. Your original thought is, I don't like this anymore. Right, you know, and, right. and so let it go. It's not like they don't sell a boatload of clothing everywhere. So you're going to be able to find something similar, but it's probably going to fit you better, look better on you, be more modern, be something you actually really want to wear versus having a bunch of stuff in your closet that you, I mean, imagine it. You walk into your closet, you've done this massive purging, and all you see are things you really, really love. Mm -hmm. Then you've got options. Instead of opening up your closet, seeing a giant mess and going, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't have anything to wear. Now, which energy do you want to be living your life in? The one that goes, ugh, or the one that goes, ah, which one do I get to wear today? And it makes a huge difference in your life. And so what I'm trying to get people to understand is, If you make these small self-love based decisions based on who you are and what you really want and you stop letting the ego mind tell you that you're bad and you're wrong, it frees you up to really start making the smart decisions that lead you into a life of what you want to see. And that's all you see is what you like Mm -hmm. because you finally stopped allowing the shame the guilt and the fear to be running your decision-making process. And it's about making simple, easy, self-love-based decisions with everything in your life, whether it's whether to buy that shirt or whether it's to continue having a friendship with someone that maybe you've been friends with since childhood, but right now they are draining your energy and they're no good to you. Mm Yeah, so this is really a, a recipe for re-energizing all parts, you know, inside and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like if you start with your clothing first, you're going to get that immediate boost of, hey, I like what I'm wearing. And then you see that you're wearing better things. And then that kind of makes you want to then transform your home. And then once your home starts looking great, you go, oh, wait, now I want my friends to look better. And I want my work life to look better. And I want the activities I choose to be better. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it does. It slowly starts looking better. And I tell you, the freedom of not second guessing myself is wonderful, especially as a female who is sort of taught, 
hey, your first decision is not the right one. <laughs> now I know it is. Yeah. It's my truth. I'm okay with that. That's empowering to me. And it's leading me into a life that I really like looking at every day. Yeah. You're reminding me of, of something that is such a truth. I remember from childhood, I would get something new for Christmas. Like I remember specifically a comforter that I wanted. And just because I got that comforter, it motivated me to clean up my entire room because I wanted the comforter to look nice in there, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and I still find that as an adult, like if I go out and I buy a new plant or some candles for the living room, it kind of motivates me to say, well, I want the candles to look nice in this space. So I'm going to clean up the space. So yep. I know for me, sometimes that's a nice little catalyst to take yeah. control of the space. It is. And then once you end up with just stuff that you really like, you want to continue keeping it that yeah. way. So then you've got the incentive and the motivation to continue. But once you've got it the way you like it, the upkeep is super easy. Mm -hmm. It's just the initial let's get it over with. But I don't want people to focus on the, oh, this is going to be a lot. I got a lot of clutter, blah, blah, blah. First of all, you can break it down into smaller, more manageable um, steps. And secondly, I want you to be thinking, okay, if I go and deal with my clothes, I'm really shopping in my own wardrobe right. for what I really like. And why do I want the junk in there? I mean, would you, are you going to go into a, you know, a TJ Maxx and buy everything? No, you're going to buy only what you like. And this is what you're doing in your own in your own home so that you get a Barney's instead of a TJ Maxx, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what's really going to be exciting about it. And yeah, there's a little bit of effort in it, but I would think that picking out what you love would be a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm feeling motivated now. Great. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't have any appointments this afternoon because maybe I'll start to do a little bit of that purging myself. So thank Excellent. you. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing all of that with us. Well, thank you. Yeah. So as I wrap up, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests. And that's if you were granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island and you could only take three books with you, what would you take with you and why? Okay. I have these with me so I wouldn't forget. First one is The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews because it teaches you how to be more successful, not by saying, oh, go network, go do this, go do that. It's really about internal work and it's done in this really cool fictional story about a man who time travels and meets these really cool people from history and they each have a small little self-personal lesson to teach this person so that he can create the life of his dreams and I love rereading it because it's so inspirational. Um, the second book I love is The Language of Letting Go by Melanie Beattie. It's got a little lesson for each day of the year or if you're just going hey I'm struggling with something what do I need to know and you randomly open it I don't know how but 99.9% .9 of the time it tells you what you need to go to navigate yourself into having a better life. Mm -hmm. And then the last one I would probably pick is David Sedaris's um, Me Talk Pretty One Day because it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's, uh, I love David Sedaris. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him speak once and his um, rendition of his brother Rooster's voice is just hilarious. It's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's priceless. I mean, and once you hear him speak, it's hard to read his books without hearing his voice. And that it just is. makes it funnier. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about you and what you have to offer? Go to my website. I've got a lot of great information on there. Um, so ackorganizing.com, and that'll connect you to any of my social media pages and will enable you to get my phone number and email and anything else that you might need. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Allison. It's been a great pleasure chatting with you. And I hope everyone feels motivated to get out there and and start uh, removing some of that mental and physical clutter that they've got just so they can have more energy. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be wonderful. I hope so, too. Thank you, Beth, so much for this wonderful opportunity to share what I'm doing with the world. And hopefully, you know, we'll have inspired a few more people after they've listened to this. I hope so. Thank you. Thanks. After listening to that conversation, what are you committed to decluttering? What do you want to get rid of, whether that's outside in your environment or inside in your own internal world? And what will support you in making that happen? In addition to what Allison offers here, I want to point you towards two additional resources. The first is one of the most popular books of the past year, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Reading her book made me feel supercharged and excited about eliminating stuff that doesn't serve me anymore. I'm still working on it, but even just cleaning out my closet according to her method was a fantastic feeling. The second resource comes from a previous guest on this podcast, Betsy Talbot and her husband Warren. They recently rebranded their business as An Uncluttered Life, and their content reflects a lot of the lessons they learned from downsizing their lives and moving abroad. And you can find them at anuncluttered.life.com. And of course, I do invite you to take a moment to check out Allison's website and her services and tips at ackorganizing.com. Join me for episode 109 coming next week when I talk to Nancy Duarte and Patty Sanchez about their new book, Illuminate. We discuss how to use the power of story and symbols to become a stronger influencer and leader. Special thanks to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for the episode show notes. And I also want to express my appreciation to you for spending this time with me. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur, and until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Mm-hmm.